story just a little bit about it, but to understand what's going on. We're going to be wrapping up our series, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and we've talked about marriage. We talked about all of the, the marriage and dating and relationship stuff and, and things like that, but I want, you to add, I want you to think about this. The beast was a result, or the beast was cursed as a result of his response originally to a person who invaded the party he threw. And as a result of the invasion, he was more or less cast or had a spell cast upon him because he was going to be a beast no longer. And until he found true love, and if he didn't find true love by the time the last petal on the rose fell, then he would be the beast for what? Forever. All right? And so we see this story played out, and the beast was cursed with looks and a body he didn't think he could ever get away from. All right? He was, when he was cursed, the only way he was going to be able to get away from it was to find that true love. And what we have to begin to understand is that inside each of us, inside the beast had become so calloused, so hard-hearted, so mean, so impatient and selfish. And get this, inside of each one of us is a calloused, hard heart, mean, impatient, and selfish person. It's kind of harsh, isn't it? Because inside, what I'm saying is you're a beast. And today's sermon title is this, to kill the beast. In order to understand what it means to kill the beast, I have to look deep down inside of us because deep down inside of every one of us is this nature of the beast. It is this desire or passion to be selfish, to be unforgiving, to be vengeful, to be arrogant, to be hateful. And there's always going to be the struggle inside of us to live as the beast. That's one of the things we have to begin to understand. And so if you have your Bibles, you can flip to Romans chapter 7. And we're going to be in Romans 7, starting in verse 14. We're going to read through that. And then I'm going to give us some insight, some hope, some desire, some ability to see that we can kill the beast. Now, see, the reality is the writer and theologian C.S. Lewis put it this way, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried to be good. Matter of fact, I find this ironic that my whole time while I was driving fast, in other words, I didn't really want to obey speed limits, I never got a ticket. Never. Never once got a ticket when I didn't care what the speed limit said. And then all of a sudden I decided one day, you know what, I really probably should live like a Christian, so I'm going to drive like I should drive. And I got speeding tickets like crazy. Don't ask me how, just wasn't paying attention. Right? So, but what I'm saying is this no man knows how bad he is until he's tried to be good. And so, what we have to begin to understand is this that there is a beast that lives inside of us. Most of us call ourselves followers of Christ and we want to please God and we want to do and live in his will. We want to be light to the world and we want to make a difference in the lives of others. Yet there's this battle that rages within us and that beast oftentimes shows his ugly face or his ugly fangs when we yield to the temptations we face. Is it not the case? I mean, have you ever done something and you looked back and went, why did I do that? Why did I, all the time, right? right? Why did I lash out in a certain way? Why did I say those things? Why did I treat somebody a certain way when they, did, you know, they didn't really deserve to be treated that way? And here's what we begin to understand. Here's what we have to understand is that deep down inside of us, our nature is, 
our natural nature, our born with nature is to be a beast. So look at your significant other and tell them, you're a beast. <laughs> and not necessarily in a good way, but, but that's the, the reality of what we've got to understand. And really, what, what does this and, or what, what happens as a result of this? I want you to understand this. That any time we lean into or we become the beast, we cause an end to or we crush our relationships. We veer off the path of righteousness. We go down an area we never wanted to do. Why? Because the beast within always seeks to fulfill its own desires. It's selfish. The beast within each one of us, the sin nature within each one of us always seeks out the good of ourselves, not the good of other people. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to dig into and, and, and understand this battle with our old sinful nature, this battle that still rages within us even after we have accepted Christ. You have to get to understand this. It's not like you don't have this sin nature still within you. There is a battle that rages inside of each and every one of us that we have to learn to control, and there's going to be a way to control it, and we're going to uh, unpack that here in a little bit, but I want, to, I want to talk about this first. So Romans chapter 7, beginning of verse 14, and I'm going to warn you, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. This is what I do my devotions in, but I loved the way it worded it, all right? And so I want to, I want to read to you from that. So, so don't get off. I normally use the NIV. I, I tell you that, but, but I'm using New Living Translation today. And listen to what he says. So the trouble, and, and let me clarify real quick before I read this. If you read the first part of, of chapter seven, Romans chapter seven, it talks about no longer being bound to the law. And it talks about marriage and it talks about these things. But he, as he lays into this, he begins to show the sin nature that comes out. And then I love how we'll, we're gonna answer it with chapter eight. But listen to what he says. So the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and good. In other words, the, the law is not the problem. The trouble is with who? Me. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, or I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Why? Because the law shows my failures. The, the law shows my weaknesses, my sin, my problems. That's what the law does. The law reveals your problems, your flaws, your sin. Verse 17, so I am not the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that, what, does it. Now, you can't use sin as an excuse to get away from consequences for your actions. Does that ever make sense? Sin is not an excuse to get away from the consequences of your own sin. It's just saying there is this nature inside me, this beast inside me that wants to do what I shouldn't do, and I know I shouldn't do, but I still what? I still do it. And here's the reality. All of us, there's not a single person in this room that is immune from this. It's not like you got inoculated at some point, like, woohoo, hey, you know what, I got the shot, and I'm not going to have this problem, but everybody else does. We all have this problem. So be beginning or picking back up in verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. You get that point? 
There is nothing good, no, not one. There is nothing good that lives in you inside that sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. There's this sin nature, this beast inside that is just longing to come out. And then verse 21, I have discovered this principle in life, which is what we read earlier, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then I love what Paul says, because you have to read this with the exclamation that he's literally saying, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin and I am a beast Deep down inside, I am an ugly, dirty, selfish, vengeful, hateful, bitter person deep down inside. But thank God for Jesus Christ who makes me a new creation. And so here's the statement. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. The beast within can only be changed by the life-giving love of Jesus Christ. The beauty of the story of beauty and the beast is this. The only thing that could change the beast was what? True love. The only thing that could change the beast from being the beast into being the prince was to be the fact that he found true love. And what we have to begin to understand is this, the only thing that will change you and I from being a beast inside is to find the true love of Jesus Christ first and foremost. You can try anything and everything else. That's what I find ironic about our culture and society with everything that's going on right now is we wanna change laws and rules to affect certain individuals when the reality is the laws and rules aren't what affect the certain individuals. It's called the certain individual's response to everything else. The evil and wickedness inside of them. You cannot legislate morality. If I set up laws and rules within the church, look, all it does is show what is wrong. Am I correct? That's what the law does. The law in the Old Testament just shows me where I'm wrong. Does it mean you're not going to break the law? Does it mean that everything is going to stop? No, you cannot legislate a moral standard for people when they choose to go a certain way. Why? Because their sin nature is already inside of them. I didn't have to teach them to do wrong, did I? No. I didn't have to teach my kids to sin. I didn't have to teach them to say no. I didn't have to teach them to be bad. Those are the natural tendencies. What do I have to do? I have to teach them to be good. I have to teach them to be law-abiding citizens. I have to teach them to understand the value of human life. Do you see the nature that's playing here? And we're, we're seeing it played out right now in our country. Because you could try and legislate whatever you want to legislate, but the reality is you will never legislate morality. You will never legislate the love that you should have for another individual apart from the love of Jesus Christ. Because true value 
is always seen as the fact that I was created in God's image. I am broken because I am a sinful man. But Jesus died on the cross bearing. He is the image of God. And as a result of him being the image of God, in Romans chapter 8, it says that I am now called to bear or be the image of Christ to everybody else. I am to carry that out. And so listen to me when we say this, that the beast within can only be changed by the life-giving love of Jesus Christ. And so as we think about this, as you understand it, the question is this, what is the beast's response then? What is the response? How does he respond to everything that's going on? Number one, I think is this. Number one, the beast's response is, I don't understand my own actions. You ever been in that situation? You don't understand why you did what you did. Maybe it's a short word to your wife or your kids. Maybe it's a quick impulse or a quick reaction, a snap judgment, something you did that you wish you didn't. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. I don't understand what just happened, but I just let a barrage of words fly out of my mouth that probably just cut to the heart. This is what Paul says. I don't understand my own actions. I want to do one thing, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the opposite. See, the reality of the beast is the beast always is going to go the opposite way. Do you fly off the handle at times, not responding with love and respect, but rather with anger or hate or bitterness? Guess what that's called? That's the beast. That's the sin nature naturally playing out in your life. Do you ask yourself this question? And I had to ask myself this one, and I do it a lot. (laughs) Where did that come from? You understand what I'm talking about, don't you? I have no clue where that came from, but I got to go back and apologize because that just like, like I cleaned house. Like, Like I just lived an example that should not ever reflect Christ to anybody because it didn't. There's no way it did. And I got to go back and respond to it. Why? Because I knew what was right, but I didn't do it. And I don't understand my own actions. See, we know when we've done wrong because God's law has taught us what is right and wrong. And you may say, well, I didn't grow up knowing God's law. But listen to me, there's one thing inside of us that you have to begin to understand that God left a God-sized hole inside of your heart that is looking for the answer to right and wrong. Now, psychology and today's modern stuff wants to tell you that's not true. But the reality is this, that God has a hole inside of you to say that there is only one thing that can ever fill that blank, empty space. It's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not sex, it's not good deeds, it's not going to church, it's not a strong relationship with my wife, it's not being a great parent. The only thing that can fill that hole is when you allow God to fill that hole because that's the God-sized vacancy inside of it. And so what we begin to understand is we have to have that understanding that God wants to fill our lives. See, the reason we're doing wrong is because we have a sin nature that lives inside of us. That's the simple answer. Why do people do what they do? Why do people go into schools or churches and shoot up places? Is it because of a gun or is it because of a sin nature? That's the truth. That's the reality. Why do people want to perform abortions? Is it because of the baby or is it because of the mother? No, it's because of the sin nature. 
Why do people want to lash out with robberies and crimes? Why do people want to give in to pornography? Why do people want to be involved in pornography? Why do we have a sex slave industry? Why do we have a breaking laws and going to jail and things like that? Why? Because it's a sin nature. And unfortunately, that sin nature is natural in, listen to me, everybody. Never consider yourself too far away from being able to do something that somebody else hasn't done if you give in to the sin nature because that's your sin nature. Listen to this though. Number two, what's the beast's response? I do what I hate. So it's not only he doesn't understand his own actions, but he says, I do what I hate. I find it ironic that oftentimes in our society, where we have made it okay to be involved in pornography. I've read all kinds of articles where it says, hey, go ahead and cheat on your wife or cheat on your husband because it's gonna strengthen the marriage relationship. I find it ironic that in a society that says that you don't have to be married to have sex with somebody, you don't have to have, be married to live with somebody, I find it ironic in our society that we wanna hold government officials to a higher standard than we want to ourselves. And listen to me, this is not a political statement. What I'm trying to say is this. The standard is good for all. You cannot hold one individual to a higher standard than you hold yourself. We should hold every individual to the standard from a Christian standpoint of what the Bible says. But listen to me, do not hold somebody to a higher standard than yourself if you're not willing to follow it. Listen to what he says. I do what I hate. I am so thankful that I am not being held accountable. This is one of the reasons why I would never run for office, all right? <laughs> because I don't want my high school years bared out before everybody else. Because I already told you when I went back to my high school reunion and they were like, you're a What? And they looked right at my wife and said, do you know what he was like in high school? My wife went, yeah, I heard. I heard the stories. I do what I hate. There were times that I go back and I'm like, why did I do that stupid stuff? It was dumb. As a matter of fact, now I look back and I'm like, I, I hate the fact that I did it. But guess what was inside of me? The desire to be accepted and loved, not by God, but by who? Man. I did what pleased man instead of doing what pleased God first and foremost. And that's what the beast will always do. The beast will desire to please man. It will desire to please your selfish motives, your selfish desires, and it will never, never seek to please God. The beast never desires to please God. It only focuses on self. So I do what I hate. See, the beast within is never removed and never improved. You have to understand this, that no matter how long you were a Christian, guess what is still inside of you? There's a beast inside of you. Why do churches have explosions and blow-ups and splits? Is it because they were controlled by the Spirit? Or were they controlled by selfishness? They were controlled by a beast. Maybe it was a number of beasts that came together and united forces and stuff like that. But listen to me. 
Anytime there's disunity and conflict, that is a result of the beast, not the spirit. And it's going to be the same thing in a marriage relationship. That when two beasts come together, one of them's going to win out. And it's usually never good. Because I do what I hate. I say things I shouldn't say. I get short. I get snappy. I may lash out in anger and vengeance because somebody offended me. They didn't rise up to my expectations, and I do what I hate. So what's the beast response? That's it. On our own, we can do nothing to defeat the sin nature. Number three, what's the beast's response? I don't do the good I want to do. Listen, he doesn't understand his response, or he doesn't understand his own actions. He, he does what he hates, and he doesn't do the good he wants to do. Let me ask you this question, just very simple. Have there been times where you wanted to do something that was good, righteous, right? Something that you've maybe even felt like God was calling you to do, but you didn't do it. Maybe it's as simple as something like this. God laid on your heart to talk to somebody at work about Christ. And you just chose at that point not to do it. You get the picture? I don't do the good I want to do. Guess what that is right there? It's not the spirit all of a sudden telling you, hey, don't talk to this guy. Guess what it is? It's that little voice from the beast rising up inside and saying, don't do it. You don't need to talk to them. They're just going to laugh at you. Just leave them alone and let them go on their way. That's exactly what the beast does every time. It rises up inside. It overcomes the spiritual nature and it becomes the very thing that drives us. And the funny thing is, we never have to train the beast to lash out, do we? The beast just comes. But I believe Paul gives us a great answer. And I'm gonna jump into chapter eight. And I don't normally do this much scripture, but I wanna read through this because I think it's, it's, it's important for us to understand how is the beast changed. Because the beast can be changed. The beast has to be changed. Or how do I suppress the beast? Listen to what he says in chapter 8, verse 1. Remember, he went back and he said, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. And now chapter 8, verse 1. So now there is no what? There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You are not condemned because of the beast nature that lives inside of you. You are not condemned because of the sin nature that so easily wants to come out inside. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has what? Freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I am no longer bound to the sin nature, but I am now free to what? Live in obedience to Christ. Free to live under the power of the Spirit. Free to suppress the beast nature. Free to starve the beast nature. Free to feed the Spirit. I have to begin to understand that. Why? Because the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. What does God do? The law couldn't defeat the beast nature. The law just showed the beast nature. 
So as a result of the law, the law just shows us our sinful nature, but God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son a sacrifice for our sins. Do you get the picture? The beast nature is now over. It is done. It is gone. It is gone. It's complete. He has given us the power to overcome the sin that we have in our bodies. And God declared an end to sin's control over us. But guess what that means? That means I've got to do something. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. So what am I supposed to do now? I don't follow the sinful nature, but I follow the what? The spirit. I have to move forward and follow the spirit. So as I move forward and follow the spirit, listen to what he says in verse five. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about what? Sinful things. When I am dominated by the sinful nature, I think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And I want to ask you this question, because how has the beast changed? Number one, the beast is changed through the supernatural love of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what happens in the story in the beauty of the beast, that the natural, the, the true love that, the, that, that Bell provides to the beast is what changes him back into the spirit, or back into the prince, all right? Here's what we have to begin to understand. All of us have a beast nature, but a result of, or the way we overcome the beast nature is to understand that the supernatural love of Jesus Christ is the only thing that defeats our sin nature. God's love for me as a human, in spite of my sins, in spite of my, inequity, my, my, my inabilities to do right, is the very thing that shows us our need for Jesus Christ in the first place. The supernatural love of Jesus Christ is how the beast is changed inside. It's how I begin to suppress the beast nature, that I don't give in to my sinful things, my sinful ways, my sinful ideas. Listen, love defeats the beast. We are not condemned to death because of our sin. No, we have the power of the life-giving spirit living inside of us. So listen, we don't get what we deserve. We get what God gives through his son, Jesus Christ, through Christ on the cross, and God did what the law could not do. That's what we have to begin to understand. See, Jesus was and is what saves us from the beast. Jesus' death on the cross is what defeats sin. Jesus' resurrection is what offers us life, freeing us from what this very sin nature wants to do, which is hold you in bondage and captivity. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Listen, all of those things that we talked about earlier, all of those thought processes, all of those selfish motives are nothing more than the sin nature being played out. But listen, that is not freedom. When I choose to chase after pornography or sexual addiction or drug addiction or even the sin nature inside of me, whatever that is that's feeding it, when I choose to chase after that. That's not freedom. That's slavery. That's one of my things I have about abortion. Abortion is not freedom. You're slavery. You're becoming a slave. See, what you're saying is sex is more valuable than a person. 
My sexual life is more valuable than the person I bear. So as a result, I'm going to still partake in the sexual aspect of it. But when it comes to the consequences, I'm just going to kill the one that's inside of me as a result of that. That's not a good thing. That's a sinful thing. And we begin to understand and play this out. We have to begin to see that we have to change the beast. And the only way to change the beast is through the love of Christ. Christ is the only one who can do it. Why? Because the love of God overcomes the beast within. Number two, how is the beast changed? By letting the spirit control my thoughts. I want to ask you this question. What controls your thoughts? Listen to what he says in verse five. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Now, that doesn't take long to start thinking about sinful things, does it? The reality is my mind wants to wander immediately towards sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Why do we have such a battle about what we watch or what kids play or what we put into our mind in society? Let me ask that question. Why is it a battle? Because most people want to say, well, what I watch or what I think about doesn't matter. It does. Because what you watch and what you think about comes out in your life. And you may disagree with me, but you can't disagree with what it says here. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the what? Spirit. Does what you watch please the Spirit? Does what you post on Facebook please the Spirit? Does what you say please the Spirit? Does what you think about, whatever that is, please the Spirit? I have to let the Spirit control my thoughts and my actions. And listen as he goes on. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Listen to me. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Death. Death. So when I let that sinful nature naturally control my mind, in other words, I think about those things, I respond to those things, I watch those things, I listen to those things, I take in those things, guess what my mind begins to do? It begins to live like that. It begins to play it out. And all that's going to do is lead to my death. Not my freedom, but my death. Listen, like I said, we live in a country where we have decided to change the laws and make certain things acceptable. But I find it ironic and I find it kind of hilarious that we've changed these laws to make things acceptable for freedom when the reality is it's leading to death. Listen, I don't know where you stand with drugs or alcohol, but right now we live in a society where alcohol is legal, which I'm not saying it shouldn't be illegal, but we have more people who are struggling with addictions to drugs and alcohol now ever than we've ever had before. We have more people struggling with suicide and depression now than ever have before. Can I tell you why? Because we don't think on things of the sinful, or the, the spirit, we think on things of the sinful nature. Our desire is to run to that. 
But listen to what he says at the end of verse six. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God and it never, listen, it never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Ouch. When I allow the sinful nature to control me consistently and constantly in my life, listen to what it just said, that can never please God. I know I've spoken this a number of times, but I've, I've <clears throat> growing up in churches that were, had a, or growing up in a church that had a lot of conflict. And like I said, I, I used to, as an RA, run out of Wednesday night RA meetings and run upstairs to the business meetings because we knew somebody's going to get in a fight. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not joking, I'm being legitimate. Like I saw, I saw one day, I saw a, a deacon cuss out a dude, get in his face, and threaten to kick his blank. And it was like, whoa, this is church. Holy smokes, what's going on? That is a person who is not under control of God, but under control of their own sinful nature. So how do I control the beast? How do I suppress the beast? How do I make sure that the beast is not growing or that the beast can be changed? I have to let the spirit control my thoughts, what I think about, what I watch, what I play. All of these things feed the sinful nature. I have done, and, 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 and I'll even challenge you parents with this. I read an article not too long ago. I'm consistently reading an article. Number one, I don't, I don't know if you realize this, number one, the, 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 the biggest common factor lately with most of the mass murder shootings is the fact that they're not growing up with a father. Number two, they're growing up outside of a church. Number three, they are addicted to some sort of social media and or video games. And you can say, well, Brian, you're on a soapbox right now. I don't think so. Listen, I'm pro-social media with considerations, with balance. I'm even pro-video games for a little bit of a checkout, if you want to. But one of the problems today is this, that we want to change the actions of others without the power of Jesus in our lives. And I want to ask you this question. Do you let the Spirit control your thoughts in every aspect, or do you allow the sinful nature to control your thoughts because the minute you go down the sinful nature, you're leading to the road of death and destruction rather than life and peace. We used to always get this challenge from us when we were volunteer youth pastor or volunteering with the youth group down in Springfield. But they would always say this, that you have to starve the sinful nature and you have to feed the spirit. Starve the flesh, feed the spirit. Starve the flesh, feed the spirit. Does what you do on a daily basis do that? Do you starve the flesh? Are you feeding the spirit? Because listen to me, usually this is how it works. I have more time feeding the flesh, feeding the sinful nature, feeding the beast, and guess what's gonna grow? The beast. When I feed that, 
That beast nature, that sinful nature, that's what's going to be evident in my life on a day-in, day-out basis. It is a natural thing. The more I feed the beast, the more the beast grows. But listen to me, the more I feed the spirit and starve the beast, the more the beast begins to shrink and the spirit begins to grow and I become firm and secure on the fact that God has called me to do something. I can rest on the truth of his word. I can learn to follow him and walk by faith regardless of what everybody else says around me. That I can live a life of obedience to God first and foremost and not to anybody else. That I don't have to chase the world, but I can chase after the Spirit. That I can long for the Spirit. That I can grow in the Spirit so that I can do what the Spirit wants me to do. That is the biggest challenge all of us face. And I just ask you that question. And it could go even so far as this. So older people, you're like, well, Facebook, don't do that. Don't got a computer, don't have a smartphone. Don't have video games, so we're okay. Let me ask, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your mind day in and day out, and how do you follow it? Let the Spirit control your thoughts. And the last thing, we'll wrap up with this. And I love how chapter eight is. Chapter eight is so encouraging. Starting in verse 9, reading through verse 12. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by your spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives with you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body, but the same by the same spirit living in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. Get that. Need, matter of fact, you need to say that. I have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by it, dict, uh, for if, sorry, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the, the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Listen to me, number three. The Spirit raises the beast from the dead. In other words, the Spirit takes the beast and turns it into a prince. Because if you go on and read verse 15... It says this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And listen, and since we are his children, we are his what? Heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Listen to me, in order to, to beat the beast, in order to suppress the beast, in order to overcome the beast, the spirit who is at work in us raises that beast from the dead, the new creation. You are no longer old, but you are new. And listen, he takes what is dead, discouraged, beat down, tormented, hateful, and he makes it something that can be free, free and forgiven and righteous and made to walk in obedience to him. 
And so I just want to challenge you with this. Listen to me. There are things going on in our society today that we think we can get control of, but we cannot get control of apart from Jesus Christ, period. I don't care where you stand politically. You cannot legislate good into people. It will always exist. Why? Because the sinful nature is there. And if you disagree with it, you misunderstand and you disagree not with me. You disagree with what God's word says about the sinful nature. Because the sinful nature is at work. It is overpowering. It is overwhelming. And there is nothing you can do about the sinful nature in somebody else. But guess what? You can do. You can love other people. You can show other people the true love of Jesus Christ to them and you never know how that may play out in their life. That person who acts like a beast right now, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's a coworker, but that person who's acting like a beast because they're given into the sinful nature, because that's the natural tendency of everybody who is born on this great world, you can love them. You can show them the love of Jesus Christ so that, listen, when they see their need, when they hear the truth of the gospel, they can go to Jesus and they can say, God, I am nothing but a beast and I want to be a prince. Why? Because that's the way God makes you. Apart from Christ, a prince or princess is impossible. With Christ, I'm the new creation. I don't have to follow the sinful nature. I don't have to be the beast. I can beat the beast. I can kill the beast. But I have to follow the Spirit. Let's pray. God, deep down inside of us, we all have the sinful nature. And God, there are things that I know I do. There are things that I know each one of us do in our lives that drive us that push us toward lashing out, to let the beast rise up within us, to be short, unforgiving, hateful, vengeful. But God, we know what your word says about that. God, I thank you for being able to look deep inside. God, may we be people who understand and know that there are good things we want to do and at times we don't do it. But God, may we be spirit-filled. May we think about things that the spirit thinks about. May we focus on those things. May we not take in the worldly things that so easily overcome us. But God, may we be understanding. May we be wise. May we understand that what we take in is what we're gonna get out. And God, may we starve the flesh and feed the spirit. The more we starve the flesh, the more the flesh dies. And the more we feed the spirit, the more the spirit grows. So may we be people who are spirit-led, spirit-fueled, and spirit-filled. And God, would you have your way today? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.